Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Well, well, well. Welcome to Knife Talk. This is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, everybody. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm here with Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts. And we're very excited because we have a guest. We're about to go on vacation and we had a guest come in. Uh, our guest is Quentin Middleton of Middleton Made Knives. Quentin is considered one of the new school uh, knife makers who's really had a long history in knife making. And in terms of culinary knives, he is forging his own way. Uh, he's a very honorable guy. He's someone you should look up to. And I'm very, very lucky to have him here. Quentin Middleton, how are you? <laughs> hey guys, how y'all doing, man? Um, it is an honor to be in here. Y'all finally got me on the show, so thank y'all so much. <laughs> well, you're the man. You're 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 one of those guys that. Um, I mean, when I first started in, you know, when I saw knife makers, you know, younger than me or my age, it was you. It was you and a few other people. But in like magazines and newspapers, it was kind of hard to not see you. I, I knew about you before I knew about Bob Kramer. So oh, wow. it was one of those things that like, I mean, you hit the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, all the all the great places. And no, you've just, you're, you're an awesome knife maker. Awesome. And an awesome person. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and you two have a history as well. So you two recorded a, a full blast together. Um, right. A couple of months ago as well. So, anybody listening, go go back and listen to Jeff's full blast. He gets he gets pretty deep with with Quentin, and it's pretty cool. So, we're going to talk about what Quentin's been up to um, over the last few weeks, which is which is something quite 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 huge. But before we do that, let's just talk about what you know what we've been up to. Let's start the show as we normally do. Morocco, how's your week been? And and have you roasted to the point where you're uh, you're fully cooked yet? No, I've uh, I've been able to stay cool. The weather has gone down, um, but on the Fourth of July, uh, my back went out, and it wasn't oh, no. like a very oh, it wasn't like a super Christ. sudden thing. 
it was like and this happens from time to time where like i was crawling around trying to help my son find one of his toys or something like that on the ground like in his bedroom and i felt this like like this little twinge in my back my lower back and that occasionally happens so i was like all right i hope that stops there but over the it got worse and worse and worse to the point where like we had plans to go out to my in-laws we're gonna hang out I hang out out there and go uh, like barbecue and just spend the day out there. They got a dog who freaks out with the fireworks. So we, you know, they they were staying there and we wanted to spend time with them. And I almost was like, I'm not going to go. And, and then my son who's four freaked the fuck out. He's like, no, I don't want to go unless <laughs> daddy's there and all this shit. And I was just like, all right, I think I can at least sit in the car ride to get there. It might hurt getting in and getting out. And then I can sit when I get there. I underestimated like how much of a giant pile of crap I would feel like. <laughs> Cause I literally couldn't like just standing up was it's honestly, it's probably some of the worst back pain I've ever had in my Ooh. life. Um, my back went out when I was 26, when I was still working for Bob Kramer and that was pretty bad and this is and that was basically like 10 years ago and this is worse than that uh, uh by the end of the day both so real quick my both my my father-in-law and my mother-in-law have had well my father-in-law especially he had both hips replaced he had both knees replaced as quickly as possible after that but you know and that's not genetic you know that's not genetic that's your in-laws come on <laughs> no, no i know no i'm getting to i'm getting to i'm getting to it so and then oh and then my and then my mother-in-law had a knee, a knee replacement and so they had a walker on hand just in the house because that's that's what happens i literally i could not stand up and walk around without a walker by the end of the day on fourth of july oh. I, I took that fucking thing home and i needed it in the next morning slowly over the rest of the day i was able to kind of start getting around without it but it was completely debilitating like i couldn't sit down i couldn't stand up i couldn't lay down i was in constant pain and there was no is. comfortable position have you still had this crazy heat to deal with at the same time it hasn't been as bad i think the hottest it, it got was like uh like mid 80s a few days ago and today it's starting to warm up but it's not going to be anything crazy um so that's what i've been dealing with like basically since <laughs> oh, basically like what a day after um or a couple days after we did our last recording and and the worst part was that it happened <laughs> i mean that it happened at all but it happened just after we did like our sun like our sunday morning routine is after breakfast we go through and clean up the whole house we, we clean the bathrooms all the floors all the bed and like just clean out the whole house you know our once away kind of that's what normal humans do and it went out like literally <laughs> 20 minutes after we got done cleaning i was like fuck <laughs> but uh <laughs> so what are you gonna do but uh yeah so um so it still is giving me it, it's definitely not as bad it's kind of like light pain but i'm i have a chiropractor i'm going to go to um i actually got to go back and reread that book that tms book by a doctor i can't remember his name jeff that you sarno. referred me to Dr. sarno sarno go back and uh, re-up on some of that information um <laughs> but i've basically just been sitting around like a pile of crap or at least I feel like a pile of crap. It sucks. Um, and it sucks feeling not very helpful and also, or, or, or like a burden on anybody else around. And 
Um, but it, I don't know. It, what's frustrating is like, as we know, like this just happened to me. Like, it feels like only a couple or three months ago, my back mm. freaked out on me, and I wasn't able to really do much around the shop for like a week and a half. And that same thing has basically kind of happened now. I haven't really been doing any work. I did my taxes. I did my quarterly <laughs> taxes. Getting like administrative stuff done, but I can't actually work. Um, even just like w- getting up in the morning is pretty agonizing and then it like once i get up and start moving it starts warming up a little bit but but i honestly like i gotta count my blessings because i know people who've had it way worse i know quentin our our homie right here has had i think actually younger than but i yeah it was pretty scary this is the worst that i've ever experienced i was like shit uh i don't know like it was so bad i was starting if i was going to be able to like walk properly again like honestly oh jeez pretty scary Oof. i was like yeah. what do i do if i can't stand at a grinder i mean i guess i could sit at a grinder but like, sit down. I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah exactly i'm like what the hell do i do so that's been my week jeez. taxes and a broken back i feel you man. you gotta see yeah see a chiropractor you, you gotta you gotta sort it out it can't be ongoing yeah jeez. you gotta sort it out Oof. whatever it takes maybe a sports medicine guy you know, something you gotta mm-hmm. do something. I tell you what, though, in regards to people doing stuff, you know, when things are bad, I got a, a pictures of from Uri Hoffy. They cut his leg off. He finished a hammer for me right before they cut his leg off. And he, they, they cut his leg off. He, they had a, she's got a chair next to the power hammer. It said, move your anvil right up on it. He's, he's in a chair like this. He's got the <laughs> hammer here. He's got the power hammer here. He's got the forge here. They roll him right there. And he just turns, uses the power hammer, swivels over to the, right, to the anvil. He's got, they take all his leg. You know, don't give a shit. He says, I don't hold a hammer. Jeez. Well, there's, a road, there's a way. Whatever it takes. But all yeah, well, and I think, fuck, that's what that means. But all very <laughs> <that>, old. <laughs> Honestly, that's, and I think that's what I'm having a hard time realizing is like, I still have kind of like a mentality, like I'm 26 years old still, 25, 26 years old. I used to do all kinds of stupid shit, but the reality is that I'm not 20. I'm, you know, I'm 36 going on 37 in just a few weeks. And I my you know, my, it just, it gets harder as you get older to keep up with, keep your body up and you got mm. it. It's not an afterthought anymore. I have to actually be more conscientious about how I treat my body, what I'm putting into my body, how I'm taking, yeah, how I'm taking care of it. Cause if I'm going to have any hope of continuing to make knives, <coughs> make knives for even in like 20, 30 years, um, which I, I hope I do, I really got to make some serious changes. Well, I definitely understand that, man. I had two back surgeries and I had one in 2007 and 2018. So I definitely understand that. Um, I used to get blazed 12 hours working on a grinder and just not even think about it. But now I really have to think about or plan out my day because I can't stand at a grinder or forge all day long. Mm-hmm. What happened that you had such back pain? Um, so, so what it is... I- my spinal cord is uh, called a tethered spinal cord, and um, it's all the way at the L5 S1, and it got stuck on my vertebrae, and it stretched and stretched um, while I grew, and I have nerve nerve damage in my right leg. Um, people say I have the coolest walk ever, but no, that's not a cool walk. That's a limp. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
So, um, like, some of y'all have seen me at Blade shows, and you see me walking with a stick, or yeah, I really, I really need it because I have a weak leg. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Morocco, you know, you're gonna get better. You're young. You're strong. You're gonna get better. You just need to see the right people. That's all it is. Surely, you see the right people. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, and like I said, like when my back went out, like I said, uh, when I was 26, um, I had a, I have a friend who is actually a chiropractor that I was seeing in town. And I think it's time to kind of make that more of a regular part of my life again. Because um, I've kind of gotten away from seeing and, and, and keeping up with body physically in that way. And it really made a huge difference and helped me with recovery when it, when it, when it went out, you know, all those years ago. Hmm. Let's, hope it, let's hope it all works out. Let's yeah. <sighs> yeah, up this conversation, man. Come on. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Let's go, Sorry. Let's go to the oldest man in the, in the group here. Jeff, you're weak. What's, and, the, what's been going and, on? And probably the fastest PS. All your asses are running race. Uh, how was, how was Bridge Club this week? Bridge Club? Yeah, Bridge Club. London Bridge Club. It was great. I, I got... um. Um, I'm getting I'm getting all this stuff ready to go, uh, and um, I had a great week. It was uh, real busy. Fourth um, of July was a lot of fun for everyone except for my dogs. My dogs went out of. I had to like hang out with one of them for a while. It was that was dude, the fireworks are never good around animals. I don't know what happened last year was okay, and then this year it's a disaster. And then um, I got a lot of work done. I got a lot of work done, and um, I'm getting ready to go on vacation, which is. And then of course we have this torrential rain which, you know, we started to get a leak in our roof. And um, so I had to, so we're, I'm trying to get a, a roof guy to come in before we leave. And uh, it, that's the stress now. It's, if we weren't going anywhere, you know, it'd be like, okay, well, then let's get the roof guy. But now it's like, we got to get the roof guy before we leave. And that's yeah. kind of not thrilling. And then mm-hmm. um, my uh, business partner, Tony, came up for, for yesterday. We had a good time. Uh, we're working on, uh, we're, working on uh, the book we're working on a book for for the company and um it was a lot of fun talking about that we're gonna go have some dinner next week and kind of like do a little bit more he's a chef and and we're gonna kind of like put a lot of recipes in it and uh, he's worked on a lot of cookbooks too so we're just kind of going over what that was going to be and i'm doing a lot of watercolors at night and uh podcasting during the day apparently and then um <laughs> yeah so it's good it's good cool. uh, but i'm uh, i'm some uh, yeah very optimistic and there was your um your your razor holder that you did this week as well uh, that i just saw within the last hour that looks uh, pretty I cool you, yeah i just I, saw that we you know what we've been talking we talked about this a couple months ago i said i talked i was talking about like you know we need to you know blacksmiths in general it's like we i mean we can't can't just make bottle openers there's got to be something a little bit more kind of cutting edge not cutting edge but like i just thought there's just got to be a way to make something that holds a razor knife a razor blade and i was finishing up uh uh gluing up a pile of knives and then it just dawned on me it just dawned on me in regards to how i make my friction folders i use angles and then i thought why don't i use an angle on the inside of the angle handle and then i put in a pin and oh it's right here I mean, you can't see it on the podcast, but it's basically, it's basically, you know, two angles, an angle and an angle, and then it, it closes down on the pin that holds the, the razor in. And it nice. was just kind of a nice, it was a fun little project. Great. It was really like, it came at me three hours ago, four hours ago. 
and I finished gluing up and I was getting ready to get somewhere to go tomorrow. And then, and then I was just like, you got a couple hours. I think you can figure it out. And I figured it out and it was a, like a really, like a, it was a Eureka million, million dollar idea. <laughs> I mean, not really. I mean, I mean like, you know, I don't know. That's pretty sweet. That's a pretty sweet razor knife. It's, honestly, it turned it. I, I think mean, it's pretty fucking rad. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. No, this was like, this was for me, it was like a eureka moment because I only use razor knives. I don't use any other fucking knives in the shop. I mean, it's all like razor blades. And I have razor hold box, box cutter holders all over the place. And I, I, I dis, I, I, if I could not have to sharpen or if I could not have to heat treat or if I could not have to glue stuff up, this is like nirvana. This is like, you know, hmm. finding the holy grail of, you know, the everlasting, you know, never sharpened, forged, you know, knife maker knife, you know. So, <laughs> so is, is this a one off or is this going to yeah, be? A- I'm, not, I'm not doing full, I'm not doing a friction, I'm not doing, I'm not planning on selling folders for a long time. I, I do friction folders, I'm going to be do, doing classes and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, there's so much as we're going to talk to Quentin about. There's so much things that go on in the moving parts and then the, mm-hmm. in the especially with the forge stuff that like there's just too much. There's too much that can go wrong over time, and I just for sure don't know when the calls like, "Hey man, this thing is kind of like getting loose at this one spot." I don't want those calls. I don't want those. So so this <laughs> yeah. is going to be like at the very least, I might do a couple more, and then at some point I could see myself doing a class because you know no heat treatment bingo bango bongo and yeah. um you know it was fun to do i definitely want to do more for sure and that's nice nice, nice. okay cool so whilst we're talking about folders um i mentioned uh, maybe the week or week or so before um i mentioned about putting an order in for some brass and i was hoping that it came out well <laughs> oh, oh no fuck <laughs> yes so i paid a fortune for a bunch of brass that was laser cut and um it's all wrong. So I had a, a delivery of the of these uh, these these brass scales, which are going to be for for my folder, and um, all all wrong, all wrong. So they need to do them all again. And it, it's not so much. That, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're expensive. They're, they're, you know, there's no getting away from that. It's, but it's not so much the money. It's the time. Everything is so slow here. These took months to get to me, and now I'm going to be waiting a while again. So. I, th- I think there's a way around it so we don't have to wait those months but it's just like a ball ache it's just like you know everything was planned you know to perfection and these things arrived and they're not quite right so what happened um so there's two <coughs> I, I, yeah i tell you what i will show you it's i haven't shown these yet but um this is this is the, the brass sort of pen knife yeah, um so girl. so basically what what happens is the there's a there's this like an inner frame if you like um and they have all the holes in for the uh, to attach to the little sort of um spring on the back and to hold the blade in that kind of thing um and that one has a hole in the middle which is there which then helps when you attach the uh, the main scales um so they've duplicated that same that same uh, dxf file which is the, the, the you know the file that they need for the uh for the laser cut in into the final scales as well so they've all got this bloody hole in the middle oh. and and he, their thing is well it's, it's brass you can stick a brass pin in there and buff it out and it's just like well there's extra work involved and you know i shouldn't oh, have to yeah. do that so it's just a real pain in the ass so yeah you <laughs> so know what happened <laughs> the guy running the thing was saying how many of these do i have to make 
Exactly. And then one guy says, it's the same. It's both of them the same. So just run the same one. Exactly. How many holes ex- do I do? Do them all. Do all that's the exactly holes. What, that's, <laughs> that's exactly, exactly what, what they've happened. done. Oh, my God. So I've been sent this big box of, like, six millimeter brass, which isn't cheap, um, mm-hmm. for, you know, a few hundred knives. And it and they're all wrong. They're all wrong. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, this is one which I knew was wrong, which I've had in my pocket for the last sort of five, six months, um, you know, just testing it. But, you know, the final designs that went off didn't have this hole, but they didn't change the file over when they did the laser cutting. And so that was two days of just trying to get things sorted and, you know, trying to make sure I didn't lose all this money, all that kind of thing, um, which was a real pain. Um, we did have some... Now, Matthew Angels just said in the chat here, they literally said it would buff out. That's, ex- <laughs> that's exactly what they said. They said, put a, put a pin in, it'll buff out. And, you know, oh, I did, man. and I've tried a few, and it, yeah, it does buff out. You can't see it, but <laughs> I know it's there, and it's, it's just the extra work that I did, you know, I hadn't planned on. So, yeah, it's a real pain. Um, but um, aside from that, um, I. Oh, I haven't got it with me. When we have a chat later, when somebody asks you chat, I'm going to pop out and get it. So I've worked with a factory back in the UK and um, on a, a new sort of sustainable kind of material that I can use for handles. Um, and we've, we've been going back and forth for a few months now when we've had a few sort of samples and they haven't been quite right. And we're, we're finally happy with something. Um, and it's made of hemp. So um, they're using hemp. They're using bioresins that then come from sugarcane, too. So it's a completely natural product. Um, it looks like a hardwood. Um, it feels like a hardwood. It machines like a hardwood. Um, but hemp is just like amazing stuff. It grows faster than any other crop in the world. Um, it actually helps heal the soil that they use to grow it in so they can put other crops in. It's like the most sustainable product in the whole world. It's amazing stuff. So, yeah, so I've worked at this factory to make these these sheets of hemp, which I can use for handle materials, um, which are pretty cool. So they'll be coming on a range of chef knives coming in the future. But, um, yeah, I've, I've got the final samples, which I'm very happy with. I haven't got them with me here now, but they're out in another room. So um, when we when get Quentin, I'm going I'm to pop out and I can show you what they look like. They're, they're pretty cool. When you, mentioned, when you mentioned the hemp, the Cypress Hill song bump, jumped into my head. <laughs> Which is, which one? Which, is that? which one? Oh, so right. <laughs> Son of a preacher man playing in the ground. You know when you say hemp, everybody song. immediately thinks marijuana, but um, it's it's not. It's not at all. It's it's it's. Uh, I mean, same family. It's same family, but yeah, you you can't get high from hemp. Um, but it does no. smell incredible. Weirdly, it does smell of. Um, like licorice or like tobacco it's got that sort of smell to it too um super grippy I, i'll get some and i'll bring it in in just a sec but it's 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 Are really you cool puffs that you are i don't never have done never have done i'm <laughs> never i'm a, I'm a little, pure get that little grin on his blade. wait because they don't have any weed in the uk that's why that's why he's got that you get the cordial they have plenty here in france but no i never have never have um what else um so you mentioned um off the topic of knives um we mentioned um playing in a band i mentioned last week um did i a lot has happened so i can't quite remember what how i left it on the show whether i was joining a band or whether i was starting a band because my wife told me if you join a band you're gonna hate it because they won't be doing what you want to do so i started a band and we got a bunch of us together this week and we um had our first sort of rehearsal 
and it was the best thing ever. <laughs> it was it was incredible. So there was just three of us. It was myself um, as a guitarist. Um, we had a drummer and we had a bass player. Um, we went in with no sort of preconceived ideas of what we're going to do. And we left with two fully rehearsed songs that, were, you know, we wow. nailed. It was tight. It was awesome. So, yeah, we we basically formed a band out of out of nothing. Um, and it's it's awesome. So, yeah. What's the name you of the You got to take video next time. <sighs> I did take video, but we're not brave enough to show you. Oh, nobody's going to show it on here right now. Rehear- that, their first rehearsal. Now, come on. <laughs> but, but we do have a name. We're called the, the Uplifts. Okay, I like that. Um, it's all sort of uplifting, sort of 90s melodic it's rock. on the nose there, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to explain that. It's pretty cool <laughs> stuff. So, yeah, that, that's that's us anyway. So that that was my week. So it's been, um, yeah, it's been a good one. And today then, so we're doing this a, an hour later today because the the bar, we live in this very small village here, but the, the bar has been closed for a long time. Um after covid and so on the owners left and they said you know we'd never be able to open again but there's new owners and they've opened today so the whole village were out today up in the in the main sort of village square and everybody's been drinking and so on so, so hence being an hour later today but um oh it's been a good week it's been a, a very good is that week. why you're a little rosy in the cheeks yeah, <laughs> why, a little, why i'm only why i'm only drinking cranberry juice now because I, I've had yeah. everybody's talking on that hemp knife i've had enough i've had enough <laughs> so I've mentioned my folder, and we've got a guest today who um, who who is also working on our folder. Um, but I'll leave it to Quentin to um, tell us exactly what he's been doing this week. He's had a pretty busy week. Um, yes, I had a very busy week. I've been posting like crazy, like I never posted before. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's been a headache because my wife hates social media. So <laughs> trying to convince her, like, let me get on social media. But anyway, but since everybody's showing and telling, um, my uh, folder. So it's a little bit different than everybody else wanted to say is generated for the kitchen because uh, I make chef knives, of course. Um, and my knives, uh, this one is made from S35VN and titanium. So a lot of the so-called uh, folding chef knives, there are utility knives trying to be kitchen knives. And this is a kitchen knife that's a folding knife. Um, and what I mean by that, um, this is about two inches wide versus some of them that's uh, about an inch and a quarter wide. So they're more utility knives. So this one gives you the the heel height. So when you're pinch gripping on it and you can rock with it or pinch grip it back this way. So it, it elongates the knife and it just feels right. Cool. cool. So, go sorry, on, Jeff. Go sorry. I was going to say, so so basically now you're running uh, your second Kickstarter. You did a Kickstarter a number of years ago. It was very, very successful. So yes. now you're running this Kickstarter for the Ona Knife. It's called the Ona Knife. Mm-hmm. And you're so far, it's, I know we, we talked about it on the 5th. I mean, you are halfway to your goal yeah. under a week. <laughs> Under a, week. under a week and it's like <laughs> and, and and it's been amazing and it's it's such a great it's such a great 
everything about it is great and we're all pushing for you and you know we also want to help you know make sure that you reach your goal um because like you know you are one of these people that you root for you have to root for quentin middleton because he's just like great guy awesome knife maker i have one of your knives i use all the time i love it um and i think that i think that this is one of those things that it's just it's great uh, well let's just talk about the so where did the name ona come from so um the owner um it came from i did a uh a DNA test and I kind of trace my lineage um, it, in Nigeria. And you're, and you're related to Ona Kagla. After all no. this time, you've just <laughs> right. No. We got you. We got you. <laughs> dies in every film. Get out of here. <laughs> I wish, but uh, um, so this one it, in Yoruba, the the dialect it means fire. So um, so it's, it's a camp knife. So. You cooking with fire. You're camping. You're gonna, you're gonna be in front of a fire, or you're fishing. You're gonna have to cook your fish on fire. So it just kind of it ties in. You know what I mean? But also put my own little spin to it instead of just calling it fire. Yeah, that's awesome. It's amazing. I it. It, I, I, one of the things is you know about your you having this connection with your your family and your connection with your heritage, and I think it's really it's so great that you're doing that. Um, it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, man. Well, and you and I were actually talking the other day. We did a live stream. And one of the things you brought up, which I thought was really cool, is that part of your goal with running this Kickstarter is to kind of tool out so you can start kind of developing kind of a, not I don't know if a factory is the right word, but trying to work to <coughs> help create jobs for your own community right there. Yeah. Um, from day one, even from my Kickstarter back in uh, 2014, um, it was to generate enough funds where I can build um, uh, a brand and also build uh, get machinery to um, employ people from my community because I live in a very small community. There's only one traffic light, maybe nothing here but farmland. And um, a lot of people... Um, don't have jobs. They're just walking around doing nothing. And who am I? I just want to kind of breathe life back into my community. Kind of like, kind of, uh, kind of thinking like I'm kind of thinking about Ford and Dodge, BMW. All these people that created these big Fortune 500 companies uh, had to start in somebody's garage. So why can't it start with me? Right. Do you know what that, that reminds me of? Um, a friend of mine, um, he lives in a place called Cardigan in West Wales. Again, tiny, tiny village, the middle of nowhere, but it's actually right on the coast, but there's nothing around them at all. And um, David Hyatt, he, he set up a, a jeans manufacturing um, company. They make jeans, handmade jeans. Um, but he bought the old, I think it was Lee Jeans. Remember, I don't <clears> remember Lee Jeans. They had, they had a factory there and employed everybody in the surrounding area eventually got to the point where they were then like outsourced in china and everybody lost their jobs and this was like in the 70s so he moved to this area and there was like you said there's just decimated nobody was working there and they had this big factory but they had all these people here and he called them grandmasters because they'd done they'd done sort of 30 years of making jeans but there was no jobs for them so his whole goal is with hired denim is to get these 400 people their jobs back you know, people in the village, and and that's his whole sort of marketing spiel as well. You know, it's it's a, we want to make the world's best jeans, but the main thing is I want to get everybody there, everybody a job within the village. You know, yeah. and that sort of reminds me of that sort of ethos. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. 
um, it's, it's not it's not about making money. Of of course, you uh, funds are going to come, but it's just um, I'm cre- I'm trying to create a legacy. You know what I mean? It's uh, something that's beyond me, um, where um, somebody can get expired by doing kind of following my footsteps and trying to make the world a better a better place. Really, because um, um, I have this motto, um, especially like when I mentor or uh, minister to someone, I have the saying: "Each one lift one." Um, cause everybody thinks about this, everybody trying to think about, Oh, I need to save the world. I need to reach the masses. Um, instead of you just trying to reach that one person, then that, that person you reached out to that person can reach another and another and another. And it just started off with just that one. So each one lift one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's really admirable what you're doing because like you said, these big, big companies, they always start with that word sort of maverick who's going to say, look, I'm going to change things for the people around me and to help what's local, and whether that's like a family business or whatever it may be. And there are some like family businesses, I think, within, with, even within our industry, who've then gone on to sort of dominate what they do. And I'll tell you one of them. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. And you know what? You can get an Even Heat, which is made by one of the best family-owned businesses in the industry. You can get one of them by going to saltceramics.com and using um, them to supply because they're distributors of Even Heats. You can specify the Even Heat that you want. Order it via them. Um, If you use knifetalk.net forward slash heat, it'll automatically apply a discount. So you'll get $75 off the actual unit, but you'll also get free shipping in the U.S. as well. So, yeah. Soul Ceramics as the distributor, but get that discount by going to knifetalk.net forward slash heat. There we go. I like that voice. Evenheat.com. Oh, that's our guy. Don't tell Bri- guy. Brian, Brian's head is big enough. He doesn't need to hear things like this. He really doesn't. <laughs> so, Quenda, can you just show us show us the knife again? Um, sorry, if you don't yeah. mind. Can you just give us some sort of information on how people can back you, where they go, and all that kind of stuff? So, um, if you go, if you follow me on uh, Middleton Made Knives on um, my Instagram page, you can click my bio link, and that goes straight to the Kickstarter, or you can go on Kickstarter dot on Kickstarter dot com and, <laughs> <laughs> and type in O N A, and my uh, campaign will come up. And um, basically, I've, I got my calipers and everything, kind of, because people have been asking, like, what's the what's the uh, measurements, and so <sighs> Jesus. It's hard to do that on this camera, man. Don't worry about, anyway. don't worry about the people watching. Don't worry about the people watching. <laughs> Think about the people listening. Don't worry about that. So, but anyway, um, it's about two inches wide, man. It's it's just it's a basically uh, uh, so she said a five inch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. I did it on you have Oracle. no choice. You you have no choice. You're in this with all of us. You're in this with all of us. <laughs> So it's about this is about a five inch blade, and the handle is about five and a quarter inch long. So it it's a great utility knife. So it's I think it's 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 an opportunity to change the game a little bit. You made uh you decided the handle's titanium. What what made you go with that as the handle? Um. So the reason why I, I wanted to do titanium because um it's easy to customize later on. So I can anodize it, um, laser engrave it. So there's the the canvas. 
is there. And also titanium is very light and very strong and is it's easy to maintain. So that's that's the reason why I went with uh titanium instead of G ten or my Carter or anything like that. And you just did a giveaway with one of your knives, didn't you, today? You yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I announced it this morning. So it was another knife maker from from Ireland or something, and um he won it and the knife is over there. But anyway, it's, I'm doing another one uh next week. So this one's gonna be pretty cool too. Oh. So that's what I mean by it's a platform for so many um all right the engraving artwork. Yeah. So it's it's a it's an empty canvas to do anything. So this is the base model. Uh this will be the base model and then it branches off to to customizable down the road. Finishes and that kind Correct. of thing. Correct. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. Okay, well, Quentin, I'm not sure if you listen to the show every week. Um but what we like to do is this little section we call Hey man. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> so people will um, DM us questions, or if you know if you're here live in the chat, you can also ask the questions as well, and we put them straight into the show. But if you've DM'd a question this week, um, we'll try and get to it. But if you do have a question, contact us via DM at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. It's that easy. That easy. <laughs> Morocco, would you like to um, give the first question for us? Yeah, I'll kick it off with nice handmade knives. It says, hey dudes, loving the show. I'm a novice slash hobbyist knife maker. I'm, uh, I'm originally focused on small batch releases via newsletter. Um, luckily, I've gotten an order list of customs. Unfortunately, though, while having a full-time job and a backlog of custom orders, I've fallen very behind on releasing any knives on my subs uh, to my subscribers. How how would you suggest managing the situation? My fear is losing traction with those who have signed up, but uh, see no new releases. Haven't seen any new releases in a while. Ooh, I, I, I can answer. I have one for you. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here we go. We got we got um, an expert on the case. Here we go. So so what what he did was he he bit off more than he can chew at first. Um, he tried to get more, 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 and then he can't sustain himself. So now he's backlogged and then no one is seeing his work or trying to put out new content. So he needs to find this happy medium where he can produce and then uh, produce a little bit more to show your new clients um, to, uh, to bring on. So sometimes it's you can. Uh, my my grandparents used to say you're long eyed, so you're trying to go beyond what you're seeing. Hmm. That's what sounds I sounds like you're talking about me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's a good thing that you're using. No, newsletters. I mean it's a good in, good advice for sure. Yeah, yeah, and Sorry. the fact that you're using newsletters and you're selling by your newsletters, that's great because I think that for me, I find that that the the biggest return on any sort of time that I invest in any sort of marketing, I find newsletters are by far the best. Because these people have already shown an interest, and they, you know, um, but yeah, I, I'm in exactly the same boat. Where you know, I, I have put a newsletter out, and I say, yeah, I'm gonna, every Friday I'm going to make a knife available, and it comes to Friday, and I haven't got any available, so it's difficult. And I, you know, I suppose this is advice for myself as much as anybody else's. But there's always content, I suppose, when you're making stuff during the week, 
these people who are interested in your knives, they probably would be interested in, you know, hearing more about the making of it or something. You know, they don't necessarily just need to know you've got a knife available, um, but, you know, maybe it's just sharing some processes, that kind of thing. And that's something that I'm very guilty of that I don't do myself because, you know, again, time is, is, is the big thing. As I'm sure we're all available, you know, we're all aware of time is, is the biggest suck for us all. But um, I don't know. I think you're doing a good thing. Your, your, your newsletters, they seem to be doing the job for you. So it's not a bad problem to have. Not a bad problem at all. Quentin is right. This guy's he's, his <laughs> eyes are bigger than his stomach. And I've gone through this because, you know, they don't, some of people don't mind waiting. I've recently, I'm almost completely caught up with all my custom orders and we're going to just, we're, we're, we're holding back in terms of, of, of putting out all sorts of new stuff until I'm completely finished and I want to start making stuff and selling it direct. Because the problem is, as unfortunately as it is, people are just used to that Amazon buy it now shit. Yeah, And if you look at people like, I mean, what Josh Smith is doing right now, it's like Montana Knife Company is, is like unreal. It's, he's, he's making knives and he's getting people prepared. And then they're all hundreds of them are sell, sold within four minutes. Four minutes. And, he, and it's like, I have one. And I'm just like, <laughs> I hit the lottery at some point. You know, it was just like, I couldn't believe it. I started sending him messages I'm like, yo, how did they all? selling four minutes he's just like i don't know man we got he got people fired up and there is something to that and i think that uh, quentin especially is one of these people who he has i know you do custom orders but you always have stock available that's the only reason why i was able to get one of your knives to be honest with you and i think yeah. that's one of the that's one of the things that uh, is 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 very admirable because i want to be able to have stuff available and you know it just i had to stop I had to stop a lot of little things and then hopefully catch up. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We've got a question. We've got a question in the chat. We, maybe we can go back to that in just a sec if you like. Um, but Tim Brown is in the, is in on YouTube. He's asked the question. He's watching us live at the moment. Um, hey, Mark, can I ask you a question? What is your opinion on approaching retailers like Blade Gallery and African Custom Knives to be a retail outlet for a maker? Um, I don't go with any retailers, but I know, Mareko, you do. Um, any tips for approaching retailers? I don't currently, but I have in the past. Um, and it's, I think it starts, you just start a conversation. Um, maybe you interact with them on their Instagram. Maybe you call and talk to them directly. Um, I, I know that retailers some uh, i mean all retailers kind of have have to be careful because they're they're kind of curators in a way almost like gallerists for around knives and so they're trying to make sure that what they're putting out there is actually you know quality work uh that they also know is going to sell um because it doesn't benefit either them or the maker for it to just sit there uh on, yeah. on a website or in a store or anything like that um but I think you just you just start talking to them, and if you know, go into the conversation expecting a no. And if they do say no, be ready to ask why, and and be open to the opportunity to learn as to what is the reason why, what can you make changes, or how and where can you make changes that would that would help them, um, I guess, feel more interested in buying your work. But at the same time, we live in the world of the internet i don't know if you heard of this thing where <laughs> we can literally connect with millions of people potentially millions of people around the world um and that 
that kind of responsibility then kind of come falls back on you about just starting small and like there's nothing wrong i was actually talking with a friend today and, and there's nothing wrong with starting out being completely unknown and there's something about having that community like build up around you and 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 have this kind of like grassroots spread of word of your work um and you know financially maybe it doesn't feel very good in in the start but in the long time on the long run your 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 chances of having a brand and a company that's going to be able to make it the long haul are much higher uh if you go at it kind of like this kind of like the slow and steady way i think i've got i've got a question regarding retailers actually um because i've never really been with a retailer um there's a local shop that will sometimes you know sort of sell my stuff but a very sort of small percentage so i'm wondering what would a, what would a retailer normally normally ask for with regards to sort of percentage so um i probably had maybe about I've dealt with maybe about five to six to seven retailers um, in the past. Uh, I cut down to two. Um, so normally um, they they would like to have um, for about 40 percent, truthfully. Um, but uh, yes, I know. <laughs> so that's so they're, they're trying to make money, of course. So um, they don't want to go uh, on your side uh, if you're trying to do 20 percent of, of retail value. Um, so like a middle ground is between 30 to 35 percent. Um, that's a really good uh, win win for everybody. Um, but also for the person that was asked the question, uh, if you're new, um, I say this to a lot of new uh, new knife makers, sacrifice now so you don't have to sacrifice later. Um, and what I mean by that is give away knives. So um, if you're trying to get your brand out there, you're trying to get known by your knives, these retailers, give them a knife and let them try it out and see if they love it. And then you basically you sacrifice the knife now so you don't have to sacrifice a knife five years down the line trying to build your brand because you already gave a, a, a retailer or retailers some knives and they love your, your product and they're selling it. So now you created your brand within that community. Gotcha. You, gotcha. you also, Quinn, you also go to a lot of, I know that you're in a lot of stores. I know that you also do a lot of events at stores, kind of like mm -hmm. you'll set up a table and then you'll, you'll get people to come. You're very good at, um, that being involved with retailers. Uh, I know that you're a JB Prince, uh, talk to Tim music and mention your name and stuff like that. And it's, 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 I, I would imagine, I would imagine people like, you know, you do the best job because you actually show up to these places and help promote them. Cause otherwise mm -hmm. you can't count on a lot of these people. I have a knife still with this, with this retailer that went out of business, the parent, the family mm -hmm. got divorced and like, I'm like in limbo in regards to where this little <laughs> pairing knife went. But at the same time, it's like, like the fact that you show up and you do events in Morocco, you do the same thing. You do, you know, you go and do events. And I know you did something with JB Prince a few years ago, mm. being able to be visible and kind of bring people in is a lot better than like hoping that these guys are going to help move your stuff too. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's good to educate people or educate them about your brand. Um, I said this on uh, Morocco's live. I have two rules um, in knife sales, um, sex sales and performance sales. So, <laughs> and that's, and that's my rule because um, sex sales, that means if, if it looks good, that's going to draw people to the, uh, to the table. Um, and that's what I do in events. Like I make my knives look pretty, but also it needs to perform well, performance tells. So it needs to perform the way that I, I say it's going to do If If it says it's going to, 
cut a car in half or chop a tree in half. It needs to do that because that's what I said it's going to do. Well, that's what Craig is doing now. He's putting weed in his knives. He's, and he's going to have a set exactly. And he's going to be able to move some knives. <laughs> exactly. Like this, this is going to take it to the next level, man. I'm that's telling it. you. Trust me, now it's drug sell. Perfect. Drug, <laughs> drugs and knives. It's what the kids are into. It's what the kids are into. We've had a message on YouTube from, from Matt the Wangle. Um, seven years before I retire from my day job. My goal is the slow burn Mareko has talked about in the past. Seven years till retirement. That's living the dream. Seven mm. years. Wowzers. Wowzers. Jeff, would you like to take the next question, please? Absolutely. The Blade Maker asks, what's the best way to grind knife tips to make them super fine for pre preparing onions before dicing, uh, where you cut these 75% of the cuts uh, after the knife is chopped in half? I'm return referring to kitchen knives, of course. How do you grind the tips to make them on the thin side? Morocco, let's start with you. <laughs> yeah, anybody. Let's start with you. I got a really thin tip. Um, Get stuck between the teeth. Jeez. The key for me is to keep it cold with the water bucket <laughs> because it's it's a small <laughs> it's i mean it's a very small area it's easy to overheat because there's a lot of friction happening when you're grinding out of the tip and it's really easy to overheat it from the from the uh from the grinder something i've seen other makers do in the past which i don't think is a bad move honestly i th the first person i ever saw do this was actually don win we're going to talk about don win's tip right now and what he does he actually he cuts his blades out with a little extra mass out at the tip. So it doesn't come to a fine point. It eventually will, but he keeps it bulky out at the tip. One, for control, but two, so that it has that mass, that thermal mass, so it doesn't overheat as easily. Um, but he also does the same thing where he's just grinding, dipping, grinding, dipping, grinding, dipping to keep it cool. Um, and then he goes back and cleans off and, you know, forms the tip uh, and cleans it up that way. I, I think the key for me mostly is just to keep it cold and wet. Yeah. Too many jokes. I'm, I'm shaking like, here. Too many jokes. I got a little. I think that's the obvious one. Keeping it, keeping it, yeah, cool. And a good re way to do that is by, uh, yeah, keep it, keep you know, dipping it, keeping it wet, um, but also fresh belts. Always use fresh yes. belts because if you're trying to use an old belt, it's going to generate so much yeah. more heat. Um, and we can help you there. If you want to get amazing belts with a bit of a discount. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. 15% off. But th seriously, that, I, I know they're a sponsor, but that's always the best way. If you're using old belts and you're trying to keep the heat down, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. So make sure you've always got fresh belts in stock, you know, and um, combat abrasives. It's the best place to get them. Um, Jeff, I, what, how are you keeping your tip cool in this, in this weather? Don't worry about my tip. Quint, you're interrupting Quint with your disgustingness. Quint, you were going to say something about that last question. Yeah. So, so most most people uh, when they're grinding and you if you're doing a flat if you're on a flat platen, um, most people they do a continuous uh, pull. Um, what I do is stop midway 
instead of trying to press it in and trying to create that uh, complete pass, I stop midway on my flat plat and then take it off, then dip because I'm not generating that uh, uh, friction along the flat flat plat to create that heat if, if I already have my knife fully profiled. So that, that helps me. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Sorry, Jeff. Did you do you have any tips tips on the tip? I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna press you on this. I, you know, what? I I I do I do use the disc grinder for that. I, I like to kind of like fine tune everything uh, that that part of the knife. I'm not gonna fall for your. You prefer a circular motion for your. Tip. I'm not falling for your banana and tailpipe bullshit. I'm I'm gonna. Is I'm it gonna to the right or to the quitting. left? How dare you, sir? It's forward or reverse. I can't remember. I'm one of two. And um, yeah, I mean, I use the disc grinder on a slow, slow with, uh, and then I'm able to kind of like feather in um, uh, the thinner part of that knife. I ain't gonna fall for your bullshit. And uh, and, and I keep it cool. I don't develop so much heat. I actually have a question just came in that I think is a really good. It's gonna be good for you too, Craig. Uh, Matt, vote. Matt Vote says, hey, what's up, guys? I recently made a stainless knife for a customer, and he sent me pictures on Sunday. Uh, he had an employee that thought it would be funny to hide his knife from him. So he hid it on top of their commercial convection oven where everything vents. The knife was in 500-degree heat for up to seven hours. Oh, the steel is damn steel. Uh, RWL 34, and I think it was cryoed uh, before the temper. And I, oh, and I did the cryo before the temper. It hasn't been sent to me, uh, sent me the knife uh, for me to check it. But from what I was wondering is if you guys thought that it would have messed up the temper and is it ruined? Um, and if you were wondering, the employee was fired. He did send some pictures, and the handle is fucking chewed up. Oh, it was sitting on top yeah, of this sure. 500 degree oven. I mean, if, if that's not the biggest asshole thing you do to a, an employee i don't know to a to a co-worker i don't know what is uh, but you especially i um, mean quentin you've used damn steel before i know that uh, we all have our opinions what do you think, <laughs> you think the knife is, you think the knife is still you know is it ruined is the temper ruined at 500 degrees um depending on it, the rockwell hardness that um that he has already um but yeah, it's ruined. You, it's a it's a it's a beater knife now. <laughs> like it's so this one is that you're you're gonna pry hot dog with knife. So like this this is a screwdriver now. So sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, I assume he's talking 500 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, not, Fahrenheit. not Celsius, yeah. which is I suppose you're, you're probably looking at a sort of four four twenty for as a temper. Um, temperature anyway so yeah it's way above that so it's going to screw with the hardness um but we've been doing this thing with with dharma steel where each week um we we find a dharma steel knife which is like the knife of the week as we're calling it so if you're making a knife and you're using dharma steel first of all well done because it's great great stuff um but if you if you tag us and dharma steel we'll pick one each week and um we'll we, you know we'll, we'll bring it up and we'll, we'll have a look um but this particular one um the person who made it we've actually talked about before in the past um so if you're watching the live video you'll see you'll see it now um and it's it's from edward r knives um it's a folder i thought it'd be appropriate to talk about a folder today because we've got quentin on and i've briefly shown my my folder as well so it's it's a beautiful knife but it's using the new pattern which is fafnir um which you know we we had a pair on a few weeks ago to you know, launch these new patterns 
fantastic uh, blade. That pattern's amazing. It's a lovely handle as well. I think it's a Kowa handle. Um, Edward R. Knives. It's it's another it's another beauty. Um, so again, thank you, um, Ed, for showing us this knife. It's uh, it's it's something special. It really is nice. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. And Quentin won the Damas Steel Pairing Knife Award at the Damas Steel Invitational. Yeah. We were talking <laughs> so here's the question for you, Quentin. Will you be mm-hmm. making some Onas out of Damas Steel? Hmm. Okay. There's a possibility. That's not much of a poker face, that is. No. <laughs> yes, he's going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll be sweet. Awesome. Awesome. So... so Whilst again, we're, we're going to go back to your knife multiple times, I'm sure, in this episode. Um, where are we? Where are we in your current campaign? Because you have a goal to get to. Um, I know you've had a fantastic first few first few days, and yes. you know you, you're really getting up there. How close are we? Um, you know, what can we do to help? What you know? What, um, what so, needs to be done? so so right now, I am sixty percent. Um, wow, there, like within Amazing. within about five to six days, and that's. It blew my mind because my first first uh, my first Kickstarter, um, it took 30 days to get 35K and I'm way surpassed that right now. I'm double that now. So it's I'm I'm honored. I'm shocked like I, that people would I mean, just buy my stuff, man. It's it's an honor. It's, it's humbling at the same time. Well, the most important thing is we have to keep the we have to keep the heat on. The heat yes, stays exactly. on. The heat stays on until you get that money. So I uh, mm. count our chickens. <laughs> we can't count our chickens. We're going to be making sure I, we're going to do a big. At the end, I'm going to have. I have something I want to tell our listeners that they they must do. And wow, I think, yeah. as opposed to, and as well as you know, knife makers, we we talk about the, a community and we talk about being helpful to each other. If this isn't the most helpful thing you can do, I don't know what is. A Quentin is nothing other than a gentleman and deserves our help. So anything we can do to help you, we're going to do it. I put in, I, I put, it in, put it in as soon as I put in as soon as that motherfucker started up. I, I, <laughs> I saw that. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> all the time. All the time. I got your knife. I use your knife all the time. I got one of your beautiful knives. They're awesome. And I, I look, I, I look up to you. So it's, it's, it was an, it was an easy, it was an easy decision. And we, we want you to do well. That's all. 
Man, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I thank you all, all right. man. Well, but yeah, let's keep the fire on, man. I need to get, I need to get, I, I need to hit my goal. Come on, y'all need to help me. Come on, kick, uh, click the links, do something. I'm a dance boy. Come on, this <laughs> something. Sex towels, and in a few minutes, somebody's gonna take their clothes off. Sex towels. Oh, oh no, Lord have mercy. You can see it all, though. Pants off. Oh no, oh no, no, no. Hitting and hitting and hitting. <laughs> so let's keep going. Let's keep going, Craig. Oh man. Okay. He didn't really have his pants off. That was just in case. That was just in case. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Mareka, would you like to take the next question? I sure would. All right. Nick this one is from Nick Knife. LLC. He says, Hey guys, love the podcast. Awesome information and super entertaining. I've been doing knives for probably about seven months now. I'd like to think I, I took onto it pretty quickly as I've, uh, I've been working in and running my own high end fab and finish shop. What's the best way to gain a good following? I've been trying my best. And at times it seems like, uh, a full-time job in itself. I have the passion and drive to be successful in bladesmithing and a better, a better following seems to be my next, uh, my next, next to really, what? I'm totally getting twisted up here. Really getting, uh, next thing to get my work noticed. Uh, I only, uh, it only, oh I think it's part, it's part time him currently, but he's hoping to do it full time one day. Uh, basically so basically he's asking how we can get a bigger Sorry. following um assuming assuming that's going to equate to to more sales which i yeah. don't necessarily agree with I, I don't think maybe it it will um but i think getting a relevant following is maybe more important yeah. um i have since doing this show um i have a lot of followers who who are knife makers um and i mean you know some of them they're you know they're collectors themselves and you know i've, I've sold quite a few knives to other knife makers um but you know i want to be selling knives to to chefs and to restaurants um so i i put quite a bit big effort into making sure i follow the kind of people who i want to buy my knives as opposed to following maybe others within the industry um so yeah i'd say work out who you want your customer to be and you know find those communities i mean we've got a community here of knife makers there's communities for everything i mean and you know chefs have a, have a huge community so they'll use certain hashtags or you know sometimes it's simple as finding maybe a chef you'd like to work with then finding who he's following and following those people and you know it's don't necessarily necessarily think about other knife makers who you may look up to that kind of thing which you know which is great you can use that to learn from um but you know getting a big following isn't the the be all and end all i think it's getting a relevant following for who you want your customers to be maybe that should be really where the focus is uh jeff i mean you've got a large following yourself what what, what do you think about um you know how would you grow a following if you were just starting well i'll be honest with you i had such a background in in culinary stuff i was really kind of teaming up with chefs that i worked with i, I used to charlie palmer was my boss and owner uh, my boss and mentor for quite a while and it was one of those things where um 
it was an easy transition. He wanted to help me and he kind of, he and I kind of did this stuff together. And I really kind of focused on not knife makers, but like people who, you know, use culinary knives. And I think that that's important. Um, Josh Smith, talking about Josh Smith again, he deals with hunters. So he's kind of really tied into the hunting community. I know he's involved with all these organizations that are involved in these Sornecks and all these places. And he's kind of found his own community that's helping kind of be, you know, advantageous to the direction that he's going. Mm. So, I mean, I think that you're exactly right. I think you need to target who your audience is. Yeah. And another thing is don't get desperate. Remember, it's, it's not the be-all and end-all having a, a big following. So, you know, tagging everybody in every post that you put up is a surefire way for them to just be really pissed off with you and that they're not going to follow you because that you know it just reeks of desperation and that you know it, it it's it's also you know it's it's inconvenient for people as well if you're just tagging them to show you their work it's 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 not very polite so yeah don't don't get desperate and i think it's it's the slow slow well thought of followers that you want you don't want these big spikes of people who aren't relevant you know it's nice to have a big following i suppose but it, if they're not relevant it, it's completely worthless it's it's pure vanity so don't get caught up in the vanity make sure these people have, have a sort of relevance to what you want Morocco, you've got a huge huge following um what would you say to somebody just starting out looking to grow a following um what do you think i i think <clears throat> Uh, I, I mean, I agree with what you said earlier, Craig, that it's about developing a relevant following. That's, that's kind of a more loyal following and people who, I mean, honestly, like that, that kind of relevant and, uh, loyal following is, are people that you create a community with and that you take along with you on your journey. You know, honestly, you could potentially buy thousands of followers, but what good does that do for you? on the business end of actually selling things. The people who are going to buy things from you actually care about you and the work that you are doing. And the biggest way to cultivate that kind of community and that culture around your work is by creating, is by taking the time to, after you post, you know, say something interesting or whatever about whatever you're posting. Then when people comment, you start, you talk with them, you engage with them, you have conversations, you develop these relationships. Yes, they are through social media. They're not like making friends in, in person, but it's how you build that community and that community, you know, it's not about appealing to everybody all at once. Honestly, what you want to do is you want to develop that, what that relationship one at a time. But if I, if I make a relationship with Quentin, Quentin is going to refer me to at least, he can probably think of at least one other person who might uh, appreciate whatever I'm doing. And it's, it's that kind of growth is, is, is there's more strength and, and, I guess vibrancy, uh, vibrancy for a company and, and their business with that kind of growth, rather than having hundreds of thousands, you know, honestly, hundreds of thousands, over a hundred thousand followers doesn't necessarily benefit me very well. Um, I, I was honestly probably just as good at the same spot that Jeff and Quentin are at, you know, sitting at around twenty-five thousand followers. You don't need tons and tons of followers, even if you only have five. Like, like Quentin was saying earlier, like the work ultimately has to speak for itself and with that comes reputation and and respect for what you're doing and uh, and building that community in that way um it, it, i guess yeah in 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 this kind of like the slow burn way we were talking about earlier i think is the better route to go um kellen uh what is it 
Kevin Kelly has an article. If you look up 1000 true fans, he's got an article called 1000 true fans. And it, it looks at kind of this, this new economy that we're in where we are trying to build businesses based off of a fan base. And a lot of people mistakenly think that you do need thousands and thousands and thousands or millions of followers just to make a business. Um, but the way he breaks it down in his articles, like, honestly, what you need are a thousand true fans, the people that are really, that you have strong relationships with, that you have built a community with, who've been with you as you developed and grow on your journey from making really shitty knives to really making <laughs> really great knives. I mean, they've been there with you. You've taken them along mm -hmm. to be part of that. And that's powerful. And those are the people who who believe in what you are like i said before what you are and what you're doing and in the whole nature and they're like it's like following a sports team honestly it kind of in a way and so you're kind of setting yourself up for that kind of relationship uh, or for that kind of i guess strength and following and i think that the kevin kelly article is a really good one it's definitely worth re i actually should go back and reread it myself because i think it sets up the proper mindset of how to think about the number of followers i was actually just talking to a, another friend earlier today and he's like i need more followers i need more followers and i was like you need anybody just needs like a good community they need loyal followers not high numbers they need quality numbers yeah and and just to sort of hammer this home again um knife makers specifically seem very sort of hung up on instagram because that's where the community is um and you know as again there's communities of all sorts on instagram but um honestly i get far more success if you can get hold of people's email addresses and get mailing lists they are far far more successful i spend so little time now on instagram because I know any time I spend on my mailing lists from, you know, separating different lists for different things, you get a much better, much higher return on, on sales um, by, you know, reaching out to these people who are, you know, they've shown, they've shown an expression of interest already. Whereas, you know, Instagram, you know, uh, you can put a lot of time into a post, whether, you know, you're setting photography or video or that kind of thing. And you can't even be guaranteed that all the followers are going to see these posts, let, let alone, you know, interact with them. So, um, I, yeah, email certainly isn't dead. Um, for me, it's by far the, the better platform. Hey, hey Quentin, well, did, you hear, did you hear how Morocco Big Dogged us when he talked about nope. his 100,000 followers and how we're, we're <laughs> oh, yeah, we're in our better? <laughs> we might be better with Quentin and Jeff's piddly twenty-five thousand followers. We heard you, big dog. I heard you, man. We heard, we heard all that. We heard all about it. Yeah, big well, dog. But I, for for me, like to answer that that question, man, I was like chomping at the bits on that one. Um, first, you got to back up, learn your craft. Like, I, if you're if you're a seven month year old, like I say, seven month into the craft, you really don't know anything yet so you need to learn your craft gotta learn how to grind all these things like that but um there are some prodigies out there that's really good and just been doing it seven months um instead of social media beat the pavement um go to the uh these restaurants get friends with the chefs meet the people and then their friends will tell their friends and it just uh snowball and truthfully that's what i did and these people that you're friending they have friends on social media they will tag tag you to their friends and it was just kind of you basically you got to give time time yeah yeah uh, give time time time, time. there we go that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's I mean, the uh that's the title of this week's show i'm sure give time time 
Quint, it's gonna be give time time with Quentin Middleton. Middleton. <laughs> that's, the name, that's the name of the episode. There you go. Time is very important to us. It's the one thing that we can't buy. Um, but you know how you can save time and also save money is by using the best sandpaper in the world, which is Rhino Wet by Indasa USA. It's going to save you time. And as we all know, that's going to save you money. So we can also save you money. If you go to TexasFarriersupply.com, they sell all Rhino Wet in all the grits that you want, as well as a bunch of other stuff and knife makers. So head on over to TexasFarriersupply.com, use Knife Talk 10, get 10% off that order, and make sure you throw some Rhino Wet in your cart as well. Because believe me, it's going to save you time and it's going to save you money. Ah, Mareko, would you like to give us the next question, please? Sure. This next one is from Ryan Chris Knives. He says, stupid question. I want to start utilizing Damascus in my product. I have no problems paying for it as I do not have the equipment necessary or currently the skill to make my own. Here is the dilemma. When I search, I either find $10 billets that I know are cheap or... It's a $169 billet. Is there a good reason for someone wanting to use Damascus, but not willing to settle for the knockoff shit? Sorry for long-winded question. Good, good resource. Is there a good resource? Oh, resource, sorry. Is there a good... Right. Jeff, Jeff, you've got this one. We know what the answer to this one well, is, Jeff. I, I, you know what? I like this question because I think that it's... I think that I like the idea of making your own Damascus, but also saying to yourself, okay, let me know my limitations. And I have made Damascus, and I'm still going to practice making Damascus, but I don't think that it's good enough for me to you know, have it be a part of the arsenal of what I do. So I do buy Damascus, and I actually found Damascus. I, from this podcast, I befriended Bob Rankin, um, and I've been buying billets from him. And what I, you know, the thing is, is you want to have a relationship with the person. You know, we're, we're small business people, and to be able to buy artisanal things or be able to buy from small businesses and to create relationships that's kind of the move. You can buy stuff from people and say, all right, well, this is expensive and this is inexpensive. Or you can kind of create a relationship with someone like Bob's perfect. I mean, I've probably bought, I don't know how many billets I bought from him, but anytime I need Damascus, I call him up and he'll make me the size that I want and his prices are very good. And, and you know, be honest with you, I'm happy to, I'm happy to pay him what he wants because I, number one, I just put in the bill. But number two is, is like, I just, I just did finish uh, stock removal, the piece of his Damascus for uh, chef knife. And there wasn't any, no inclusions. It's awesome. The, that, that bottle uh, opener that I forged for you, Craig, that was from a piece. It forges real easy. You got to find some, you got to make relationships with people and then things work out. And in this situation, Bob Rankin is the guy I go to. Cool. Cool. We forgot to mention earlier, if you are after Dharma Steel, um, if you use Knife Talk 10 on the Dharma Steel website, once you get your account, you can get 10% off Dharma Steel as well. So um, that could be a hell of a saving. So, but yeah, I've he only heard great things from Bob Rankin. And um, but way back, way back, way before I was proficient enough to be using it, um, Bob sent me a billet of his Damascus as well. And yeah, beautiful, beautiful stuff. So yeah, I can only sort of second what Jeff is saying there, really. Well, Quentin, what do you do for Damascus? So um, there are three three things, like either I make it 
um, I buy it from Damon Steel or I buy it from uh, Chad Nichols. And um, and you can tell by the uh, the finishes. Um, if it's if you go through look through my Instagram page, you'll see if it's really black and naughty looking, that's mine. And then of course you can tell Damon Steel and some of the uh, Chad Nichols stuff. So that's basically it depends on how I feel. And truthfully, I have to think about my health and how long I need to stay in front of the forge or or how long um, it's going to take to make this knife. So it's a lot of variables, but uh, truthfully, I'd rather get it from Damn Steel or Chad. Cool. Cool. Okay. Jeff, do we have any hot takes for this week? Well, actually, we do have hot. The hot takes were like all over the place. Um, we haven't done any unsolicited advice, and I got a banger that I had that I even I cap I put it in all in bold because I, can't, I couldn't cool. not do it. So, unsolicited advice is usually you know you know, you know what you should do and blah blah blah. So you can send them into Knife Talk on uh, podcast on Instagram. This one is a banger from Eric Markman uh, regarding the scratches in the hand finish of a knife when cutting. We last week we were talking about people sometimes get scratches from paper. Um, what he said is. Often the wrong sandpaper is used. The valleys in the ridge of a satin fish are too sharp, too sharp, and can even be scratched or scuffed by dragging a finger across. Um, I use some other paper <laughs> for a final for some final pulls because it leaves a smoother finish on uh, at the same grit. So there are different sandpapers do different things. You can also use gray scotch bright, but that can wash your grind lines when doing so much. So what he, the, the most important takeaway is we were talking about, you know, some people say, oh, I get scratches from when I'm using Kydex or I get scratches or scuffs from cutting paper. And what he's saying is your satin finish is the, the, the valleys and the peaks are too sharp. So the valleys being the lowest part of your satin finish, uh, the dark parts, and then the peaks are, are the shiny parts at the top. So if you can kind of, what we were talking about last week about hitting it with the scotch bright is going to kind of take some of that down. And then you're going to end up with more of a matte finish, which is going to mean that there's less, there's a slight matte finish. That means there's going to be less high points for there to be scratches for, or scuffs from getting caught up. I thought that was mm -hmm. a really good thing. You guys want to, anything you want to add to that? Or? No, I, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all in the gray scotch bright. Um, GA custom blade says, uh, never mind. That, that was a uh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> he didn't oh, make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what? You were gonna do. That. I'm sorry. He, he he said. I thought I read it. Said a hooker instead of looker. I thought there. I thought this was gonna be rude. It says we had a looker stab the crap out of his hand yesterday. When I read that, <laughs> when I read that, I thought it said I had a hooker stab the crap out of the hand yesterday. But he was at a. He was at a. Oh, yeah, I saw the picture. So he was at a um, uh, an event and he had a table. So he says, um, "So we had a looker stab the crap out of his can yesterday. Then we bought. Then he bought the knife. He had to buy the knife. He stabbed his hand with it. Um, the plexiglass in front. So we put plexiglass in front of the knives. Um, has helped kids and adults from reaching over and picking the knives out without permission. We were, were talking about um, if you do uh, an event, and I know you know you go to events. Uh, Quentin, do you ever have you? How do you worry about? How, how do you not get worried when people reach over and grab your knives? Well, I've had a lot of mishaps. I had drunk people uh, oh. wave. Uh, they talk with their hand like, "Hey, I've got this knife," and oh, how does it cut? <laughs> like, so I've had Greg, all you've of been that. At, you've been to Quentin shows? 
Oh, snap. Got you, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a reach-around joke there, but not okay. the, uh, the, not the right joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hookers. Hookers right now. Um, I haven't, I haven't, used, I haven't done the plexiglass thing, um, but some, I'm a big guy, so I'm I'm six one, about two hundred and thirty pounds. So I give him that look, like, look at, <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> it's gonna work. It's definitely gonna work. Okay, so uh, here's some more unsolicited advice. This is from Jens. Here's some advice. Don't work with epoxy while wearing short pants. I had some epoxy <laughs> smudge drip on my shoes. Unaware that this was happening, it made most cut my shoes off my feet at the end of the day. So, pro tip: rub your feet in some sweet old Vaseline, so so the epoxy doesn't so the epoxy doesn't glue to the, your feet to your shoes. So, Jens what, is telling what you a pervert. What a pervert! I'd say, <laughs> don't drip va- don't drip epoxy on your shoes. Don't you know? Put Vaseline on <laughs> your shoes just in case. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, that's a that is quite a uh, quite a preparation. That's quite a preparation. <laughs> oh, oh, I need some Vaseline. <laughs> Let me brush my teeth. Let me um put deodorant on. Let me Vaseline my shoes. <laughs> you got time to Vaseline your shoes up before it blew up. That's some serious unsolicited <laughs> advice. Uh, um, <laughs> celery patch kids, celery patch knives, celery patch kids, celery patch knives says, "Hi guys, here's some unsolicited <laughs> advice." Yeah, what's so funny? <laughs> Nothing. Sorry, go. That was a good mystery. Hi kids. Well, <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, hi, ca- uh, hi guys. Here's some unsolicited advice. If you're lucky to be in the position to build your own workshop, put a dedicated power hammer. Put in a dedicated power hammer footing. The important part is to keep the um, isolation, uh, keep it isolated from the rest of the slab of your floor. This keeps the noise down considerably and it reduces any vibrations in the main slab. It also prevents any cracks from forming in the main slab. My wife and I poured it ourselves. We used styrofoam to separate the slabs and we filled it with gap filler as they cured. I have a 50-pound and uh, 50-pound and yang, and the sound level isn't too bad outside the workshop. Saying I wouldn't uh, use one in, in suburbia, we're in the bush in Australia. No issues with the neighbors here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. You want to keep going with this? You want to go hot takes? Let's do a hot take or two, and then maybe we'll talk about um, our hopes and dreams for the week. For two weeks. Two weeks. Aha. Yes. Yes. So um, hot takes are, you know, I, I have to I have to say I'm looking for nuance, ladies and germs. Hot takes aren't just like spouting things out. There, there should be a little bit of like, you know, thought involved in a hot take. So like a hot, you know, a hot take is not is an opinion, but use a little nuance. Some of these things. It's like serrated knives are no good. I mean, that's not really a hot take. It's just wait, a, okay, wait, so. a, wait a second. Jay Costa. The band name sounds like a bunch of old timers wearing orthopedic shoes. Oh, <laughs> one of them. Oh, you bastard! In your Reebok. I hope you. I hope you. You guys. I hope you guys write a song about stat hookers. Oh Jesus! Okay, Jesus. so uh, so um, so John Marston's hot take is: if you don't car- um, if you don't carry one of your knives daily, why would anyone else? I mean, mm. Mm. possibly, yeah. possibly. Um. Uh, oh yeah. man, there's all sorts of hot takes. Go ahead. 
that got me thinking about carrying knives. So I don't normally carry a knife, but the last few months I've been carrying this thing because it's, you know, testing it and so on. Um, but this is my first folding knife. And, and Quentin is just, you know, he's got this this big folding knife, which he just released. So I've got some t sort of technical questions, I suppose, about mm -hmm. that. Um, so I'm wondering, first of all, it took me a while to come up with um, what I was going to use as a pivot. Um, so I'm wondering what your what pivot material you're using on your on your folder. Um, so the pivot I'm using is a uh, stainless um, pivot, and um, where my pivot point is is a little different because it's such a wide blade. Um, <laughs> most most pivots go right in the center, in the center. So yeah. mine is way forward, so it gives me uh, so it can. The reason why I did that so it can tuck in, so I have a, a, a better pivot point. So yeah, like, yeah. That's that's the reason why. But yeah, it's, it's stainless. Are you using any sort of bushings or any uh, yes. uh, bearings um, or anything like that at all? So yeah, this one is um, the blade is countersunk and it has uh, bearings. Cool, cool, nice. So it's a very it's a very smooth. I'm not doing it right, but it's a very smooth <laughs> um, <laughs> opening. Like so, um, so it's very yeah. Damn, I'm not, I'm not even the camera, but yeah, it's a very smooth opening. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, before we go into our hopes and dreams, um, you haven't bored me with the facts and figures all about your grinder for some time. Tell me all about that grinder. Get ready, Lockwood. I'm going to stab you. I'm going to stab you with some information. I use... A Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72 grinder. I love it. It's a great grinder, and it's, an, it's a grinder made by knife makers for knife makers. It goes horizontal and vertical. It comes in parts, so you build it together. The shipping, because they put it in flat rate boxes, the shipping is included in the price. And if you, you go to broadbeckironworks.com and put in promo code full black knife talk 10 sorry about that everybody <laughs> knife talk 10 i'm confused i'm getting it's the end of the week i'm getting ready for vacation i don't know what the hell podcast i'm on right now there's 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 uh, you get 10 percent off so uh, knife talk 10 for, uh, at broadback ironworks and i one of the things that i i'm getting a lot of messages about is they somebody maybe maybe they have a different grinder all their attachments are very um flexible that you could hmm. use them on your on your whatever you're using so they have a ton of different new attachments i know they have the they have the disc grinder and they have the fullering grinder uh Part. They have the fullering tool, and then they have slack belts, and you know all sorts of different platens. I think their platen is. I, I like their platen because it's super long, which is great for chef knives. Their tables are really great. Broadbeckironworks.com uh, promo code knife talk ten, and you get yourself the ten percent off with Broadbeck Ironworks. Cool, and that's not just the grinder. That's for accessories as well. That's very yeah. Whatever you want, put cool. in that. Put in that. Uh, Put in a full blast ten and see what happens. I mean, I don't know what to <laughs> Gotta slip it in, hasn't he? Yeah. That's what she said, yeah. Awful. So shall we talk about our hopes and dreams for the week? So, Quentin, this is the bit where we talk about um, what we plan to be doing this week. But this is slightly different because we're actually having two weeks off now. So we'll be back on – I'll work out the date in just a second. But, yeah, the next two Fridays, we're not having a show. That's what we're saying. So long term, long term, that's the next month, what's, what's your dream for the next month? I can only imagine. Well, let's see. 
<laughs> having a successful damn Kickstarter. That's number one. Um, <laughs> and if you haven't already, click the um, go to Middleton Made Knives um, on Instagram and click my bio link. And you can go straight to it and fun, fun, fun. And uh, the next one is having fun with my family because um, the reason why I became a knife maker is to uh, have fun with my family and watch my family grow and just have those times because. Um, just like I said earlier, you got to give time time. Um, being a, being a knife maker, um, that funds my fun. So I need to have fun with my family because time comes and time goes. So I need I need to enjoy them while they're here. Fully agree. Fully agree. Morocco. Lily, a month I just hope of my back. hopes and dreams. My month of hopes and dreams. I, I am looking forward to my back not freaking out on me. Next week, I'm going to be going and checking out, uh, go visiting my chiropractor and uh, get some of that figured out. And yeah, I just, I'm looking forward to my back not being so twisted out of shape that I can actually do some work in the shop this week or the, I guess next week. Nice. Nice. Um, I'll go next. I know Jeff's got some big plans, I think, for the next couple of weeks. Um, so I'm hoping to resolve this problem with with the boatload of brass that I've ordered. Um, I'm hoping that can be resolved. And, and I'm hoping that I can get back on to making these things because I'm, I'm at a stage where I'm putting the final... Um, final scales on on a couple of hundred of these so so yeah i'm hoping that can be resolved very quickly and by the time we get back in maybe three weeks time um i'm ready to sort of launch these and start selling these so so that would be cool um other hopes and dreams there is the the euros which is the the european championships football that's been going on for uh, the last four or five weeks um it's the final on sunday and italy are in the final with england and um mm-hmm. I'm hoping Italy win. So that's my that's my <laughs> hopes and dreams. Um, so Jeff, what have you got planned for the next three weeks? I got seven days to knock out a pile of knives, which I can do. I'm not I'm not worried about it. I'm very excited about that, and then we're going to be going away to visit my wife's family, and that's great. And hopefully, we can get my roof. The, this short roof fixed before we leave, which may or may not happen. Who knows? I got a guy coming up Sunday. It's not what you want, but what can you do, right? Hmm. Um, look, looking forward to all that. But here's what I'm looking forward to. And I'm going to talk to the listeners of this podcast. We don't ask for much. We don't. We don't ask for much. We give you a lot, way more than most we don't do patreon we don't not that there's anything wrong with that we don't do any that we give you discounts all over the place up the wazoo we give you content this is what i'm asking for you guys to do it's very important as a community to be supportive of our community and one of our community members is an og that's quentin middleton so you need to do a few things one is you need to support him and you need to support him by either putting in, sh- put shutting up and putting up, putting up some dough, or support him by telling your people that you know, putting on social media, reposting his stuff, redoing the stories, making sure that you can be as helpful to him as possible. Because if it's not, I mean, you can't you can't get more deserving 
than uh, and, and a great guy than Quentin Middleton. We want to make sure that he ends up fast with his goal. We don't want him like, you know, I don't, we don't want it to be at like the 12th hour and he's like twiddling his thumbs hoping a, you know, a miracle happens. Make the miracle now. So I want you all to be helpful to him by supporting his Kickstarter, but also helping him use your social media to just push it. If you don't have the dough, understand, but help pushing him. And that's what I, that's all I have to say, but it's very, very important. And we're sending you our best vibes for a fast resolution and get that Kickstarter squared away. I want my owner. P.S. I want my owner. So that's that's hashtag I want my owner. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my owner. I want my owner. <laughs> I think that's a show. I think that's show. Um made uh Lyle Style um has just put on the uh in the chat that there's only two spots left for the uh, for the $275 owner. So um yeah, if you're watching live now, you're in with a chance. Don't wait till Monday. You're in with a chance. Get in there now. Get in there now. That's a show. Thank you all for listening. And we shall speak to you all in three weeks' time. Two weeks off. So we'll be back in three weeks' time. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Quentin, this is the after show, so don't say anything terrible. We're still recording. Is this still the show? Just, <laughs> I, I should say something stupid. Don't say anything you're going to regret. This is just the <laughs> now we just fool around for a little bit, but just okay. you know, just careful, careful. Yeah. You know, thank you for the disclaimer. I appreciate it. Pressure's off. The pressure. Well, I mean, you know, I, all of a sudden it's just like stabbing hookers. Let's talk about that some more. You know? <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> the hell? That reminds me of something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, you three have it. I'm going to go and get some of that material a second because I just want to show you. Oh yeah, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. So you, you, you three carry on, and I'll be back in just a sec. Quinn, I wanted to ask you. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Marco, Quinn. Go ahead. So, so you are. You're doing these giveaways in parallel with with your campaign, right? To help Correct. encourage people to help share. And how do yes. people become part of these giveaways? Because um, you just gave one away this morning, but you said you got another one that's got all the engraving on it coming out next week. Yeah. So yes. Um. So basically, it's just um, sharing on your Instagram or Facebook um, about the Kickstarter and tagging me to it, so I will know that you're sharing it, and um, and then. On Friday, I, I announced the uh, the winner and just do a random um, right. thing and and whoever gets it. Was well, that in stories be, or in the feed or? Um, it can be in the feeds. It could be in a story. Um, it could be on the side of your mama car. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but we all know that Quentin. We all know that if the any one of us wins, the fix is in. So we can't. We're kind of excluded, right? Oh yeah, we're not uh, well. Anytime I win anything, everyone says the fix is in. So I don't. The fix is in. I don't, yeah. in, so I don't want to get involved. I don't want. To, I don't want people to think that the fix is in. So no, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. Uh, I'm interesting, Quentin, about the the Kickstarter. Um, it's U.S. only. Um, yes. Um, will there be plans to sell after the Kickstarter? Then, like globally, or what, what's what's the Story. Yes. Um, so after the Kickstarter, um, I will be doing it uh, 
worldwide. And there's another uh, person that's answering uh, Griffin Handmade Knives. He be asked, he's been asking the whole show um, what kind of locking mechanism I have. Um, basically, it's a frame lock. Um, and it has a uh, titanium. I'm not. Oh, it's a titanium frame lock and a stainless steel uh, on the locking face. So the titanium, of course, wears away kind of fast. Um, so the stainless steel locking face um, helps keeps the wear down. So yeah, it's basically a frame lock. Cool, cool. Um, I, I thought about ac- uh, access. Oh, is the access lock like the uh, bench bay locks? I thought about that, and this is just easier to make. That's that's the only reason why. Cool, sure. cool. Um, this material. Let me show the material. We'll start. I've got a few sheets of it here. So it's Are you gonna get so high touching it like that? <laughs> yeah, oh, it man. Smells, it smells of licorice. <laughs> Seriously, it smells of licorice. Yeah, but it's so yeah. Let me pull it closer. You can't quite. I don't know if you can see. There's this like grain to it, right? Um, and it's almost like yes, a, yeah. almost like a copper effect to it. You know, um, it's really cool stuff. And it's not, each one is obviously slightly different because it shows the fibers of the uh, of the hemp. Um, but it's super hard, and because it's got the the the, uh, the sugarcane resin in it, it's obviously a natural material. But um, it's it's almost like stabilized, you know, in the, with the, with this resin. It's it's super cool stuff. So yeah, so I'm hoping to get a few chef knives done over the next week or so, and um, start posting them. But um, yeah, I'm pretty pleased. I haven't seen anybody else using hemp in this way before. Not with a not with a natural resin as well. So it's it's cool stuff. It's cool stuff. Nice. I was go. gonna. I was gonna ask you, Quinn, about your brother. I know your brother's a chef. Yes. Is he using is he using your knives? Of course. Like, um, there's a video on my Instagram page um, of someone um, breaking down a whole chicken. That's my brother. Ah, cool. That's awesome. Like, so he's, he's the one that he's the one that flick it out and and just kind of breaking up the uh, the whole chicken. He's involved with, <laughs> with some of the some incredible chefs down in your area too. Um, yes. Um, BJ, what's BJ's last name? I forget. Dennis. Often. E.J. Dennis is an incredibly important chef down in that area, um, specializing mm-hmm. in, in Geechee food, Gullah Geechee yes. food. Gullah Geechee, it, yeah. It, the Gullah Geechee, we talked about it on, on the Full Blast, but I mean, it is, it is to this day, it fascinates the shit out of me because it's like this incredible culture, so such an incredible wealth of culture. But the mm-hmm. fact that he's, he's part of that community, that your brother's a part of that culinary community, it's really amazing. Like, but true, like, truthfully, like, we are like so. BJ Dennis is Gullah Geechee, and me and Marcus, we're Geechee. So, Gullah Geechee is the people that live closer to the coast, and the Geechee are the people that live a little bit more inland. And but we all derive um, from um, the African, like the Ivory Coast, Ghana, Nigeria, and we they all came here. Oh, when I came, we were forced here and um, to work on rice plantations. Uh, uh, what you call it? The, the resin you're using, um, <laughs> jet, uh, sugar cane. Um, so it, it's it, that is it, it was all tied into all of that. So, but we uh, used we kind of like I'm getting tied up with my over my words, but um, we kind of um, kept our our um, heritage going and we kind of interact with one another and tell the story and kept kept the stories going so we can keep it alive, really. Can I, I'm dying to ask you this question. You had you had you posted about it a few months ago, and you were able mm. to use wood from a plantation. Yes, that was part of your. I mean, part of your your history. Yes, can you tell that story. It's 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 incredible. <laughs> so um so, 
it, it was it's this plantation called Middleton's plant uh, Middleton's place or Middleton's plantation. Um, there's this uh, very old live oak tree, um, and uh, it's been there since slavery time. And um, they reached out to me. They wanted me to make some. Um, I make this oyster knife, a uh, brew shucker, and I wanted to. Um, they wanted to put the handle material on it, and um, so I did it. And they gave me some, and I had it for a long time, and. I had this photographer do some work for me and he, he told me, I want you to make a killer knife. I want you to make the, the, the most special knife that you can ever make. So I thought about using that wood for it. Um, and to think about it and work with it, it was just very emotional because I'm using something that maybe my ancestors were hung on that were beat on. Like they, like this, they, like it almost made me cry just thinking about it. Most people don't yeah, really think yeah. about that. They, they, when they say, when they hear about slavery, they just think about work, but you got to think about the, the, the pain that went into that. Um, most people can track their ancestry and go right to it. Like, Oh, I know my great, great, great grandfather is named John. And he, he worked on in the shipyard. I can't say that. I don't know where they are I because family families were broken and families were destroyed and, and, crossbreed and all, all kinds of stuff. It's just a lot of, a lot of pain is in that. So, and you can hear it in my voice a little bit, but yeah, to take something that has so much pain in it, so much suffering in it and kind of flip the strip, uh, flip the strip a little bit and uh, reuse it to make something beautiful from my ancestors um, that were slaves into someone that can, that's a craftsman and crafting it into something that's beautiful and useful. Um, and also the, the Damascus I made, it was a, a ladder pattern Damascus, about 280 layers, but uh, normally my knives are very thin and very light and airy, but I made sure this knife is heavy because I want the person that's the person that has it to be reminded that you're holding my history in your hand. You're holding something that's very heavy and very deep to me. So it's, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. For sure. Wow. That is incredible. I mean, it, yeah. I remember when you were po- when you were doing we were talking about it, and it was, it was it really took me back to thinking. I mean, the thought of this these kind of like generations and what this piece this tree is seen, and then you getting it and you turning it into something. It is. It was. It is so heavy. So heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most 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 makers like oh, like maybe once in a lifetime you have something that that uh, you have to think about when you're making it, and it and it touches you emotionally, physically, spiritually. It's, and this was that that thing for me where I'm just like I had to go, I had to really dig deep, and I almost didn't give it to him. I let it, I set it in my shop for maybe about three months before I gave it to him because it was that heavy, and I was like, oh wow, this I don't know because this is something. Is he didn't he didn't pay for it? It was something I, I gifted to him. Like, but if, even if I had to sell it, I probably wouldn't sell it. Hmm. Like, it, it, I have I have a lot of the wood left, so I may do um, uh, like a heritage collection. Like, but it's sure. still it's still something that's heavy for me. Yes, yeah. yeah. when you save it for your master smith, when you ever do the ABS master smith. Actually, man, I, I don't think I ever would be a master smith man because I have a thing about that. Um, uh, back in 2014, um, I was getting ready to do my, uh, I passed my cut and bend test and everything. I made my five knives, getting ready to submit my knives to the judges and everything. I think uh, maybe a couple of days before um, getting ready to go up to to, uh, to submit my knives, I backed out. And the reason why I backed out is because how can that panel tell me how to make my knives? 
Hmm. And um, because because at the time, um, Chef Nigel wasn't really popular. Like I was, there was only maybe a, a handful of people making uh, chef knives. So how can you? How can you? Well, y'all know y'all like I need to make the plunge lines right, and I mean I need to do all kind of stuff. I need to make the show the guards right, and all these things and parameters that they want, and though that was really wasn't my knife. So how can they tell me what I want? So and, and yeah. it was just like say, bump it. I, I'm gonna do me. That's crazy. I- I never knew that story. That was the first year I met you. Was in two thousand. Yeah, that was the first year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but if, you, if, you, if you cough up that cough up that oak, you're sliding through. <laughs> sliding right through. Sliding the Bring that heritage wood. You're sliding. You can, you can probably just. You could just. You know. You could just slide right through. <laughs> the rest of the way to get the rest of the way. Don't no say a fucking thing. Perfect. I've got one more question for you, Quentin. This is something that uh-huh. we like to do on the show um, whenever we have a guest. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to put you on the, I'm going to put you on the big screen here. Okay. Um, I want you to come right close up to the screen so people people can see the whites of your eyes. You want to see exactly your reaction to this question. Um, so we, we've had guests on the show before, and we'd like to put a bit of pressure on them at the time. So we're wondering, once, the, once this once this owner knife is off Kickstarter and it's available for sale on the Don't website... Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't we do be it. offering the discount with uh, Knife Talk 10? Now look us down the camera. Look Don't us down the do camera. It. Knife Talk 10 for 10% off. This show is brought to you by... The Makery, the podcast network for makers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 